This is Keeping Connected, a special series produced through the Connected Nation podcast. In this series, we talk with leaders working to secure the broadband and digital futures of our communities. Specifically, we talk with individuals who serve in varying public or private capacities, working to ensure our communities are keeping connected. I'm your host, Wes Kerr. Today's guest is Amanda Bright McClanahan, who serves as the Chief Operating Officer for the MEDC. Amanda has previously served as the Budget Director for the Michigan Department of Human Services and began her career in state government at the Michigan State Budget Office, supporting the development and monitoring of the Michigan Medicaid and Department of Human Services budgets. Amanda graduated from the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy with a master's degree in public policy. She received a dual Bachelor of Arts degree from Valparaiso University in political science and French. Amanda, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Wes. It's great to be here. I'm glad to have you on today. And uh, as is our custom, I'm curious, we've been asking the question, if our listeners were to find you out uh, with free time, what would they find you doing? That is a great question. Um, This week, uh, Christmas baking has taken over the house. Um, So that's definitely what we've been doing. Um, Otherwise, um, I actually spend a lot of time at the stables where we have horses, and that's just something that I love to do. So, uh, that's wonderful. As a native Kentuckian, uh, <laughs> I'm proud of the the, the equestrian heritage there. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, actually, that's uh, uh, definitely passed down along my family lines as well. So, and I've been very lucky to, lucky to be able to pass that along to my own children. So, uh, Amanda, would you mind to explain to us what your role as the chief operating officer for MEDC? You know, what does that look like? That's such a great question. I think um, about a a year ago, it would look very different (laughs) than what it looks like today. Um, uh, So each day I I oversee 274 of the most talented people in the state of Michigan. Uh, They work tirelessly to uh, bring new business development opportunities into the state to help uh, existing businesses grow Um, to help communities achieve the vision of what they want to be. They help to promote Michigan under the Pure Michigan brand and uh, wake up every day trying to make the state a better place to live, work, and play. I'm I'm very grateful uh, to be able to work with all of them. Uh, This year, um, we've taken all of that tremendous talent and been able to pivot into starting 20 new programs in nine months to help combat the impacts of COVID-19 on Michigan's communities and businesses. Um, So this year, I have been rallying the troops because they're certainly smarter than I am. And the best thing to do is stay out of their way and just give them all the support they need. As I've been doing some of these podcasts, that's been a, a common theme is just the remarkable response and, and speed with which, you know, new programs and, and just a response in general to COVID-19 and trying to help, uh, you know, our residents and, and literally every facet of our lives. Uh, so everybody that, that I've talked with, you know, has those, you know, has a different role and, and works in a different kind of a department or, or works in a different industry and, it's been so remarkable to see how everyone's responded and just how quickly we've innovated 
towards, you know, providing the kinds of things that, that people need. I agree. Um, I, I am a uh, native Michigander, so I happen to think that we uh, grow the best innovators um, in the country. Um, I think our long history of responding to crisis, um, and in this case, being able to uh, turn on a dime from uh, a place that focused on, for example, uh, the auto industry, you know, moving from the arsenal of defense from, you know, our time during World War II to what we call now the arsenal of innovation, where we were able to have manufacturers retool to go from producing auto parts to personal protection equipment in a matter of two to three weeks. Um, I think that just speaks to the spirit of our state. Um, and I, I certainly don't think that we're unique in that. I think that the only way out of the tremendous crisis that we're in is going to be that broad-based partnership um, and, and real commitment uh, in order to uh, move everyone uh, into a space where they can get back to whatever uh, the new normal is going to be. Um, and that, that's something I think we are focused on uh, looking forward into 2021 is, is what do we do to spur the economic recovery? Let's get into, to, I guess, further into broadband and technology, which, you know, as you talk about innovation, in today's day and age, innovation really doesn't happen without broadband and, and technology. And so I'm curious as to how important you believe broadband and technology is, you know, for, for the state of Michigan and in our country and, and just day-to-day life. So I, I, I think it's really difficult to overstate the importance of broadband and um, its role in really allowing uh, a state, particularly one like Michigan, with its broad regional variations um, and its incredible breadth of industry and, and communities, um, it's hard to overstate the importance uh, in today's society. I, I think that, you no, know, it's a misnomer to continue to equate innovation with um, the latest and greatest widget that is built. What we're going to see over particularly the next decade is a reliance on uh, less on hardware, more on software, less on, you know, the idea of greatest, you know, advancements that we can make in the way that a line runs and more how do we make the materials um, as flexible and innovative as possible that all rests on an underlying foundation of, of technology of broadband. Um, in Michigan in particular, I, I think that we have to confront um, access to broadband as an issue of equity. Um, we cannot continue to view it as a luxury um, it is the foundation for our educational system, is a foundation for our health system. As we look forward to the economic recovery, it's going to be the foundation for how we move communities and businesses forward. Um, I, I could talk uh, for hours about how every aspect of Michigan's economy, whether it exists over in Ironwood, you know, near the Wisconsin border, all the way down into Detroit. And, and the reliance that we have on the ability to connect and 
that to me is a space where the state needs to lead. Um, and that's that's really why the MEDC has stepped into that role at this time. Given your position, what concerns you the most about inadequate access to broadband and technology? Equity concerns me the most. Um, if, if we look at economic development at its core, it is about moving people, households, communities, businesses forward to economic prosperity. It, it's not just about creating jobs or, or driving a, a large private investment number. It, it's about making people's lives better. And if we can't guarantee access to broadband at the speeds that are needed to um, be educated, to be trained, uh, to work in today's workforce, to be able to have a platform for e-commerce, um, to have the connected infrastructure that a community is going to need uh, in order to take advantage of, of mobility and, and all that it offers. If we can't guarantee that and we can't guarantee it at an affordable uh, price, um, we're really leaving people behind. And it it's incumbent upon economic developers, especially in today's day and age, um, moving forward from COVID-19, it is absolutely incumbent upon us to recognize that this is fundamentally an issue of equity and a fundamental issue of access to opportunity. As you speak to, to equity, is there a particular you know, community of people that you feel are at the biggest disadvantage and, and how do you believe broadband and technology can really help neutralize that disadvantage? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we need to own that um, there are disparities, um, you know, whether it's in educational attainment or, you know, just looking at um, income, um, you know, real median income, personal uh, family income, you know, whatever measures you want to pick, um, it, it is a disparity that we can map, right? And we can map across um, family sizes. We can take a look at it according to race. We can take a look at it according to, you know, underserved areas of the state, whether they're urban cores or, or rural areas. And across the board, you can see correlation um, to access, uh, to opportunity and the ability to move a family forward um, and to move a community forward. In Michigan, I, I think the lack of access to broadband, um, affordable broadband in rural areas and in our urban cores is, is a significant impediment um, to achieving that level of equity and income mobility. Um, so from my perspective, that's the space that, you know, as we're trying to tackle this issue, it, we can't just look at infrastructure. We have to also look at the affordability component because it doesn't do a lot of good to, to use a euphemism to lay the pipe if nobody can really access it. So I, I, I think that's why we're kind of looking at a holistic approach that will work in different regions of the state and for different communities. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the standing up of, of so many new programs as a, as a state department over this year is, is phenomenal. And so with that, I'm curious, given your role, what do you believe is the most important thing that you can do to help impact the digital future of those that you serve? 
There's a few things. Um, I, I want to, you know, talk about the convening of the Connecting Michigan Task Force. Um, we were so grateful to get the support of Governor Whitmer um, and Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist to move forward to bring together a number of state agencies and private sector partners to look at really bridging the technological divide. With that partnership, we've been able to uh, help Michigan receive over $360 million in federal funding to expand high-speed internet and broadband service to almost 250,000 rural communities over the next 10 years. Um, you know, we're able to help organizations like Northern Michigan University work to use their educational, you know, bandwidth to move uh, access to broadband forward. Um, that That's a profound opportunity. And, and we actually started um, that partnership with a, with a grant from the Michigan Strategic Fund. Um, there, there's a space there where we begin to call to attention the diversity of tools that we need to to bring to the forefront in order to allow for advancement. Uh, the Michigan Moonshot effort by the Merit Network is an example of how we're trying to leverage public and private partnerships to overcome our geographic, you know, uh, areas of opportunity. I don't want to call them geographic obstacles because all parts of Michigan are, are phenomenal, but we do need to deal with a, a real diversity in, in how we can get that pipe laid. So I'll, I'll take that side first. The second side is really um, preparing Michigan businesses to turn the corner on embracing Industry 4.0. You know, it is the, the fourth of the large industrial revolutions that the uh, country's economy has gone through. And we can't expect businesses um, and the communities that they support to, to make that transition without help. And that's part of what we need to do at the MEDC is to help to bring forward the resources to get the infrastructure and the affordability laid. But we also need to help understand, help businesses understand the benefits of moving toward platforms that embraced the digital trends that are out there and the, the opportunities of technology. Um, Michigan is a, an economy that is overexposed to automation. So we need to embrace that challenge. We can't react to it. And if we do not um, take a leading role in that space, we're going to be left behind. And that's just not what Michigan does. We lead from the front. Looking at what you and the department are able to do, what would you suggest or what kind of advice would you give for just the resident, you know, the the average Joe uh, out there about how they can help or be involved with, you know, the expansion of broadband and technology uh, in their communities? Um, I think there's a few ways. So um, in Michigan, we have um, undertaken uh, a phenomenal partnership um, with Connected Nation Michigan in order to um, develop uh, a plan um, and a plan that can actually be executed on, right? We we don't want to create plans that we can't get to the finish line with. So 
we want to make sure that through the task force um, that that I mentioned earlier and the work that Connected Michigan is doing, that we are are getting input um, from communities about what their needs are. Um, the foundation, good economic development starts with uh, residents and communities defining the vision of what they want to be for themselves. And, and broadband's no different. Individuals need to reach out to their uh, leaders and talk about the impacts that broadband or the lack of access to broadband has on, on what they can achieve personally. Communities need to take advantage of being able to, you know, work with the state um, in different capacities to try out pilots to work through different ways that we can innovate to move our adoption of broadband and affordable broadband forward. Um, I think we also need people to hold the state accountable. You know, our job is to, to provide an environment where people can prosper. And that's a central part of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation strategic plan is to provide that opportunity for economic prosperity. And so if we're telling uh, Michiganders that we've convened a task force and we're telling Michiganders that we want them to uh, engage with us and we're telling Michiganders that we're going to make this investment, then Michiganders need to hold us accountable for that. Um, so I, I would I would really uh, call upon folks to approach their role from that very interactive perspective, um, because this is something that is going to be achieved incrementally, um, and it's going to require a much larger lift than I think sometimes people realize. Um, so that partnership is going to be absolutely critical. And as we look to expand and increase broadband and technology availability, adoption and use in these communities or, or across the state, is there any advice you'd give to other agencies or, or maybe at the local level? Yeah, I think collaboration is so important. So let me give you an example, Wes. So right now, if you drive through um, southern Michigan, you will see uh, construction projects finishing up for this season. Those are run by the Michigan Department of Transportation. So MDOT will contract to crack open the ground and they will um, do everything that they can to make sure that that road is safe. But wouldn't it be amazing if at the same time that they were uh, assessing the infrastructure of the road, they offered the opportunity for us to take a look at um, what we can do to add connected infrastructure at that time, that we are working with internet service providers and communities to look at how we do everything we can to reduce the costs by building on economies of scale. Break open the ground once, um, you know, track your infrastructure assets in a way that allows us to plan um, and to achieve what this vision of access is without um, the siloed approach that I think um, can really hamper uh, innovation. Um, I think at the community level, I think that um, being at the table and, and convening the partners at that local level, whether it's you know the local city council, the ph philanthropic um, 
community, uh, private funders, the MEDC, that we're trying to constantly bridge the gap of being willing to talk to each other. Um, I think in many ways, um, you know, we have the solutions, we just don't execute them always in the right way. So that would be something that I would call on agencies um, in Michigan and local communities to do. And it's something that we're very fortunate to have the partnership of Michigan State agencies to actually execute on. But it is absolutely essential that we keep attention focused on understanding uh, the needs of infrastructure, but understanding them in a way that allows us to take every advantage of cost efficiencies and rollout effectiveness um, to move. Amanda, as we start to wrap up this morning, are, is there anything that we haven't touched on that, that you'd like to, to speak to the listener about? That's a great question. You know, what would I want listeners out there to know? Broadband is, is an essential service. It's not a luxury. And, and we recognize that. Um, I think like any utility like the space where we look to government to fill the gap and to build partnerships to address issues of housing need or access to um, quality education or, you know, even to provide clean water. Um, Broadband is a space where we need to be uh, similarly engaged. And I think that's going to continue to be a theme uh, moving forward. Um, It's going to require investment, and and that investment is not going to be inexpensive, but I think the uh, rewards at the end of all of this are are going to be well worth the ability for us to be able to point at Michigan and say we have best-in-class infrastructure. Um, We already can say we have best-in-class talent, um, and we can absolutely say that we have best-in-class access to uh, the best and the brightest in research and innovation. So to be able to take all of those pieces together to move Michigan forward um, and to do that through such a concerted effort is something that I think we all need to be committed to. Um, And that's definitely where the MEDC is going to continue to lead, uh, whether it's continuing to work with local communities Uh, groups like Connected Michigan or uh, the Michigan legislature, um, we're going to continue to lead the charge so that in 10 years, um, when we talk again, um, I can tell you that we've achieved everything that we set out to do. Uh, Amanda, I want to thank you for your time today. And and thanks for all that you and, and MEDC do to help secure a digital future for Michiganders. You're more than welcome. I appreciated this opportunity, Wes. Um, I really love to talk about this issue. On a personal note, I I grew up in a very rural area, and I like to tell the story that I'm 41, and when I was a little girl, we still had a party phone line, which many of your listeners might not know anything about. Um, They were quite common in Michigan and rural areas. So in 40 years, to be going from a phone line that wasn't even your own to the idea that you could have accessible high-speed internet that could change people's trajectory. That's pretty exciting. That's a, that's a great way to close us out. I, I know what a party line is, um, but, but <laughs> never personally experienced it. Uh, so, so I, that is a great way to, to close that out. And 
and, and, and a great picture of the differences that are, that, you know, like you said, 40 years has made. We can't thank you enough for, for taking the time today to, to, to meet with us and talk through this. Thank you, Wes. I really appreciate the opportunity. Today's guest has been the COO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, Amanda Bright McClanahan. I'm Wes Kerr. Thanks for listening to Keeping Connected. If you like the show and want to know more about our nonprofit, head to connectednation.org and look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. 